Hey guys, welcome back. This is Human Architects, where your development is yours and no one else's. I'm Harlem. I'm your host. This is episode 11. Let's get started. So for episode 11, I'm going to talk to you guys about barriers. I originally wanted to call this episode mental constipation, but that's not really so cute. So I decided to go instead with the name barriers, and I'm going to explain to you exactly what I intend to talk about. But first, let me give you the agenda. So first, I'll define for you what I mean by mental constipation. I'll give you guys a story of how I came to deciding why um, this topic was critical and important at this moment in the podcast. Number three, I will tell you guys the effects of this mental constipation or AKA barriers. Number four, give you some challenges to dealing with these barriers. Number five, my recommendations. Six, some tips. And seven, I'll close out the podcast. So what I mean by mental constipation is... It's really hard as a human being when you're stressed and when you're overwhelmed or when life happens and you don't expect it. And by life, I mean like an emergency, a problem, or even a good thing. And you can't think clearly. You're unable to make decisions. You're unable to to be yourself. You feel off balance. You feel like, okay, I see myself. I see that it's me, but I don't feel like it's me. You're not able to articulate the same way. You're not able to express yourself the same way. You're not willing to do the same activities. You're not willing to participate the same way. You're not calling your friends or your loved ones as much. It's because you have mental constipation or a better word is barriers, mental barriers. And the reason why I decided to talk about this is that the other day I was walking with a friend. We decided to get coffee. So maybe once every two weeks I get coffee with this particular friend and we always end up walking and talking about life. And it's a little bit of a B-I-T-C-H fit because we just talk about all the things that are stressing us out, all the things that are going wrong. And in this conversation, of course, at the end of it, we give each other solutions or suggestions. But what we realize is that these things, these triggers are preventing us from ever being able to think and think clearly and make a decision. So in fact, what we do in the end is not make any decision because we're so afraid that the decision we make might not be the best because we're not at ourselves. So the reason after after having this conversation with her, I decided I was like, I'm not the only one feeling this way. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's mentally constipated. I'm sure my audience is probably mentally constipated and wondering what is the problem? Because no one ever tells you that it's possible for your mind to be completely filled with unimportant, or better yet, maybe they are important, but things that you just cannot control. So today's episode's goal is to let you know, one, you're not alone. Two, to share some of uh, the effects and the impacts. And maybe by knowing these effects, impacts, and triggers, you can see that this is a problem for you and this is where you are and this is why you're not yourself, why you're not producing what you need to produce, why you're not creating where you need to create, and why you're not achieving what you need to achieve. So some of the effects, I broke down the effects and I randomly wrote them down into emotional, mental, and physical. In terms of emotion, you can feel depressed and depression has become a word that's really, really bad. People don't like to say that they're depressed, but the reality is that most people will go through life at one point or another hitting depression. The best thing you can do for yourself is recognizing and accepting that depression is possible even if you're the happiest person in the world. And understanding when it happens, what you need to do to get yourself out of it before you become a manic depressant or before the depression takes over. The other thing is low motivation. 
you'll notice this because every time you go to approach to do a project, you'll find every reason why you can't do that project. Or you'll go, you'll sit in front of the computer, you'll sit in front of your paper, you'll sit in front of whatever, and five hours later, you've got nothing done. This is low motivation. You think you're motivated because you take out the computer, you do the habits that you do, you sit down at your desk, you grab your cup of coffee, and you start to work. But your productivity level is so low, it's because of low motivation. Next thing is fatigue. You just want to sleep. You're taking Mexican siesta anytime you can. Like, oh my God, it's 12 o'clock. It's time for a siesta. Oh, okay. It's four o'clock. It's time for a siesta. Oh, wow. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for a siesta. And you don't really realize it. You're like, yeah, I guess I'm just tired from work or from whatever. But it's most likely mental constipation. Your brain is so exhausted. It's just looking to do nothing. The other thing is stress. You just feel like there is a volcano in your chest and it's about to erupt. I didn't have this other one written down, but I'm going to say probably also another show of emotional constipation is when you do things like watch TV and you're not even paying attention. You watch the dumbest show possible and you just sit for hours on hours and hours and hours with the will to do nothing but sit and watch TV. And if you see that you have this habit, whether it's TV or YouTube, or you're just constantly fantasizing or daydreaming, this is probably a show of emotional constipation. The next one is mental. I'm a creative person. Normally, it takes me seconds to create stuff. If it's a big project, it can take me a day or two. But by a week, I'm able to create basically anything that I want. I know I'm mentally constipated when it comes to creativity, when it takes me days, hours, weeks to even come up with an idea. The next thing is your focus is gone. So yes, I'm supposed to do this podcast. Mm, What am I going to talk about? How long is it going to take me? Uh, Okay, what am I going to talk about? How long is it going to take me? And you keep asking yourself the same questions over and over again and never really getting an answer. And you're so unfocused that you're unable to move forward. So I think this is another thing that people don't realize and they they confuse that or they don't even recognize it. So notice that if you're unable to focus, this is probably another part of mental constipation. Your productivity is an uphill battle. So you have a paper that's due in four months, but you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait. And when you finally sit down to do the paper, you can't and you can't and you can't or you're at work, or you have a project, or whatever's going on in your life, that you're normally able to produce the same thing when you're not mentally constipated, and now it's taking you five times as long, for sure there's something that's causing you to be drained and exhausted and not be at your most productive, your most creative, your most focused. And finally, the mental constipation and the impacts of that in terms of your physical body. So number one is you can find a thousand and one excuses why you shouldn't work out. Oh my God, it's too sunny. Oh my God, it's too warm. Oh my God, the gym is only one block away and it's just too far. Oh my gosh, I only have one pair of sneakers to go to the gym and for sure I need two pairs. Oh my gosh, the gym's water fountain is broken. You find every reason possible, like things that don't even make sense as to why you don't need to go and work out. The next thing is that when you go and work out, you work out like an 80-year-old woman. Like you've just put on some Bengay and you're like on the elliptical machine and you're moving as slow as possible or you're running and somebody is walking past you, right? Like you're moving so slow and without intention. And the reason why you're doing that is because you're mentally constipated. You're just trying to get through this activity. 
And number four, either you, I mean, well, number three, either you eat or you don't eat, right? So some people, they eat more when they're mentally constipated. They just want to forget and continue to eat. But the problem with that is you never really get hungry. Yeah, your body likes this activity of eating and eating and eating, but you're never ever getting to the point where you're full or the reverse, you don't eat. And so your body becomes malnutrition. So what's the challenge? The challenge is most of the times we can't really tell that we're actually mentally constipated. It's really hard to figure out whether or not it's uh, depression, whether it's not it's a lack of creativity, what type of mental constipation you're going through, who's to blame, right? We ask this question all the time. Is it work? Is it me? Is it my boyfriend? Is it my girlfriend? Is it my kids? Like, are, is it my friend? Is it a friend? Is it a particular person? Is it an environment that every time I go to, I become mentally constipated or have these um, mental barriers? But it's a challenge to kind of figure out what the source is. And the problem is that this usually then it begins to spill over into your relationships, right? So you begin to talk too much about yourself. So you go and you meet your friend or your mother or your girlfriend, your boyfriend, and you just talk the entire time about you. It becomes a you fest, like they bought a ticket to sign up to see you speak just about you. You never ask them anything about them. And when you do ask them about them, you're not present. You're in some other, other land where you're thinking about this mental constipation where you can't find a solution and you can't help yourself. The other thing is that you can't make any decisions because you know you're not thinking clearly. You know you're off balance. You're afraid to make any decisions. So therefore, you make no decisions. People become frustrated because you keep complaining to them, but you're not making any changes. So my recommendations for that is that you, one, stop talking to your friends and family about your mental constipation or barriers. And the reason why I say that is because what you do to your relationship now, it's permanent. And we need to be able to manage ourselves as adults, that we're able to recognize our emotional problems and try to find a solution that doesn't impact the people around us. Because the people around us are there to support us, but they're not there to fix our problems. And so at this point, if you let it go on for so long that you've done this thing where you go out and you talk only about you, only about your men problems, only about your female problems, only about your problems at work and your friend gets no time and every time you meet up it becomes your own personal uh pity me story your friends your 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 partners your colleagues they're exhausted so stop talking to them about it number two <clears throat> make an immediate appointment to see your doctor like you need to go and see your doctor. And yes, I know most people hate going to the doctor, but you need to immediately go and see your doctor. You need to sit on his couch and you need to tell him every single thing that you're feeling. And it's his job to work with you to figure out what is causing the problem. That might require some tests, that might require some medication, that might require you to do some further reading. But that's how I figure out when things are wrong with me. I go to my doctor, he's a really funny guy from Germany. Uh, I remember the first time I met him, he was like, just Google me, Harlem. I was like, okay. So I Googled him. I sit on his big couch and I tell him everything that's wrong. And we go back and forth and he's like, yeah, this is possible. No, that's not possible. Yeah, maybe we try this, 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 and the other. And he becomes my sparring partner. You know, and I leave there filled with ideas, filled with, with, with uh, medication prescriptions or tests that I need to take. And I'm getting answers. These are not assumptions, right? I'm not assuming that I have the answer. I'm getting clear answers from a person that has studied their entire life to be able to give me these answers. And if he doesn't have the answers, he just sends me to someone else that can help me. 
And whatever results I get from that person, I go back to him and we do another spar session. So make sure you make an appointment to see your doctor. And if you don't have this kind of relationship that I'm describing with your doctor, one, you need to start. You need to start to build a relationship with your doctor where you're able to call them and you can do this because this is the person that's in charge of your medical history, your, your health, your development. Two, um, if you don't have this relationship with your doctor because of their personality or the fact that it doesn't match with yours, then maybe you need to find a new doctor. And so the next step is that I would say is that you need to find a support group. This is where you can B-I-T-C-H as much as you want uh, with these people because they're suffering from the same thing. They're trying to find the same exact solutions. They have already tried 910 ways to fix their problem. And so maybe from their 910th, you can find a solution that works for you. They're ready to sit and discuss. So like I said to you, this friend that I have coffee with every two weeks, it's what we do. We, you know, we get around each other and we know what it's about. She's my support person. I'm her support person. And we just talk and we leave it on the table and none of us has to feel guilty about how much we talk about our problems. And it's great. I'm her support. She's my support. However, when I'm with my other friends, I never put that on them. I never put that on them because that's not their responsibility. Once in a while, like, yeah, something bad happened to me, like my car broke down, sure. But if every time I see you, 10 times out of 10, I'm sitting there talking to you about my problems, mm, that's not really a good friend. So the next thing is that you need to identify your triggers. So either with your doctor, with your new partner from your support group, or from your previous conversations with your friends and family members and colleagues, reflecting on that, and then finding your triggers and then creating solutions that when you see these triggers happening, your barriers to mental thought or mental constipation, you immediately switch into gear of what you know you're going to do to solve this problem. And number five is that you set up a strategy and a habit. And so habits take a long time. People say 21 days, people say seven, some people say one year. Whatever it is, if you want to change anything in your life, it's a constant struggle and it's your own unique struggle. There's no formula that someone can give to you. They can give you suggestions that work for them and you can try to apply them, but you need to figure that out. Like our bodies are there for us to test, to get to know, and for us to understand its complexity. So for me, if I want to change something and I see something's wrong, I'm able to do it immediately, but that's me. That's because I want to immediately forget that I have that problem. Some people, it takes them a little bit of time. They need to do research, whatever it is. But do be conscious and take conscious action to fixing your problem. And finally, because I love to re reflect, most people hate to reflect, but I spend my life always in a state of reflection, whether it's running, whether it's sleeping, I'm always reflecting. And, and don't laugh, even when I'm sleeping, I'm in that. So you know when you sleep, you have like about three basic stages. So generally, which is not good for my health, uh, sometimes I'm in that mid-stage and I'll think about something, I'll reflect about it, and then I'll immediately fall back into the deep stage. And maybe on another day I will do a podcast on sleeping and why you probably are having problems sleeping. And I'll explain my problems with sleeping. And it's strange because it's the first time in my life that this has ever happened, but... That's life. As you get older, things start to break down. <laughs> so for tips, tip number one is masha tea. So my friend had some masha tea in their apartment that wasn't opened. And I was like, well, 
it's been sitting here for almost a year, so you should just let me use that. And I tried it. It's great. It's green tea powder. It doesn't really have a taste. It's not any different from green tea the leaves or green tea the tea bag. And you only need like one tablespoon to do an, well, well, two tablespoons to do an entire like one liter canister of tea. And so I would say that if you want to get to know different forms of green tea or different forms of tea, you can try masha tea. I think it's a little bit expensive. Tip number two, for making tea, normally you shouldn't boil it um, fully. You should let it come to the point just before boiling. And then that's when you should let the tea infuse for a few minutes. And I like to do this in um, a bigger container, maybe like a one liter container because then it saves me time and energy. And then I'm actually consistently drinking an amount of tea that will help my body to grow or well, not to grow, but to help my body to heal or all the good stuff that tea does, right? Like there's like a million types of tea and each of them do something different. Something great, but something different. My third tip is to check out Nina Simone's documentary on Netflix. I'm always recommending things on Netflix because I have the subscription, but Netflix is kind of cool. So you go on, you search for Nina Simone, and you kind of get this kind of like understanding of how people can have demons in their life and in their mind and how if you don't deal with these demons or these mental constipations or these problems, they can be the end of us. And it's just coincidental that I happened to see this documentary, but it was great. I think it's about two hours and you should check it out. So to bring the podcast to a close, as always, I'm going to suggest that you guys check out the Facebook group, Real Human Architects at Facebook. You can check out the blog, realhumanarchitects.com. You can email me at humanarchitects at outlook.com or realhumanarchitects at outlook.com. You can check me out on Google+. I haven't set up the Pinterest, but it exists. Um... Where else can you find me? You can leave me a voicemail if you have any questions or comments at plus 415-993-0559. And that's plus 1-415-993-0559. Again, this is Human Architects, uh, where your development is yours and no one else's. So never accept blanket advice because you're too awesome for that. I'm Harlem, and it's another sunny, awesome Sunday. So after this, I'm going to head outside and enjoy the French Alps, probably take a walk. Until next time, have a great time, have a great week, and bye-bye.